Morning, coaches. Brian Blackburn here with the Pound the Rock podcast. As always, we want to thank our sponsors through HardwoodTexas.com. Today, our guest is Coach Danny Henderson. Coach Henderson spent uh, 25 years as a high school head basketball coach in the state of Texas, amassing over 700 wins with uh, an over 80% win percentage. Uh, Danny, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. Well, uh, as many of our guests know, you're one of my mentors and good friends. And so it's a, it's an honor to get to talk to you and have you uh, share some insights with the coaches on our website. So why don't you just go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about your background? Well, as far as my coaching goes, I, um, I played at Austin College uh, back in the early 80s. I played for a man named Dr. Bob Mason, uh, one of the finest people I've ever known big influence in my life, and I stayed after four years of playing there, I stayed and coached a year as grad assistant, uh, so that was my first coaching job. Um, I wanted to be a high school coach, so Coach Mason set me up uh, to be the assistant coach at McKinney, Texas for Chester Story. I didn't even have to go interview or anything. Uh, coach Mason just called Chester and said, this is the guy you want to hire, and uh, that was one of the pivotal moments in my career for sure because Chester Story is, has played a critical role in, in my development as a coach and any success that I have been able to enjoy, it can be directly linked back to Chester and Coach Mason, that's for sure. Uh, I spent two years at, at McKinney High School coaching with Chester and I learned a ton. He's a phenomenal coach. Uh, he's in the Texas High School Hall of Fame and the TABC Hall of Fame and, uh, just I learned a lot about practice organization and, and uh, you know, how to run practices and and just uh, his preparedness was off the charts. So I, I learned a lot about game preparation and and uh, film study. Uh, I just those two years with Chester were just invaluable. And then I went and spent another year as an assistant at Colleen High School under Bo Burgess, uh, another outstanding coach, very organized guy. And, um, had a different style from Chester, so that was good for me to learn from two different styles. Um, and then after one year as an assistant at Colleen, I was uh, fortunate enough to get my first head coaching job at Liberty Hill High School in 1988. I spent five years there, and then I went to Peaster High School, uh, where I spent 16 years, and then uh, three years at Marcus High School, and one year at Duncanville High School, and then uh, from Duncanville, I went uh, the college route, and Leon Rice asked me to come join his staff at Boise State, and I spent three wonderful years there, uh, really enjoyed my time there, so Leon's a phenomenal guy to work for, and Boise is an incredible city to live in, and uh, I was there three years, and then I was at Oklahoma State under Brad Underwood for one year, and uh then I spent my last year in college basketball at the University of Tulsa. So that, uh, that's my career here in a nutshell. Well, let's, uh, we're going to go ahead and expand on, on some of this. Uh, so I guess uh, if, if we could, go ahead and go back and just talk about uh, maybe the two or three most important things that you learned uh, first as a, as, a young, as a young coach. What are some of the things that really stuck with you with uh, Coach Story and, and some of those coaches in regards to uh, things that you started implementing when you did get to Liberty Hill? Um, well, it, you know, again, back to Chester, he was just incredibly organized. Um, 
And I, re- I mean, his practices, you know, were down to the minute at, you know, at 3.43 p.m., we were going to be in this gym, uh, in this drill. And then at 3.47, we were going to move to this drill. And, and boy, he stayed on, on point and, uh, he ran a great practice and very disciplined. And, uh, then I went to Bo and Bo was a real organized guy too. Uh, a little bit different style. Uh, but that was really good for me to learn from both guys. Uh, and they, they definitely helped me prepare for my first head coaching job. And then, you know, going back to Coach Mason at Austin College, uh, just, as I said, just a phenomenal human being. And the thing I learned from Coach Mason was how to treat people. Uh, he was, he was a master at, at player relationships. And he, he showed me how to care for players as people, not just as players. And, um, I, I, I just learned a tremendous amount from all three of those guys. And they prepared me for my first head coaching job. And then the, you know, the other thing that prepared me and I, it was fear. Um, <laughs> when I took the job at Liberty Hill, I, I, I um, I followed a guy. Uh, Rusty Siegler, who all of us know, just did a phenomenal job at Liberty Hill. So I had the, you know, problem number one, I had to follow a great coach. Uh, problem number two, Liberty Hill had been in the, uh, what was the, what you would say is now 3A. Uh, they'd been in the 3A state tournament, actually in the state championship game, two years in a row. Uh, and they did it, as I said, with a great coach, and they had a great class. They had five seniors who graduated together. Uh, you know, one of them was all, one of the all-time leading scorers in Texas history, Philip Lennox, and then they had Clay Cole and Darren Masur. I mean, uh, you know, three guys who went and played college ball. Uh, and then they had, uh, you know, so they had five seniors who graduated, and uh, so we had no starters coming back, and we were moving up to 4A. Uh, so <laughs> I was both really dumb to take that job <laughs> at 26 years old, and I was also really lucky. Because what I inherited, even though, you know, it was such a tough act to follow with Rusty, what I did inherit was I inherited probably the hungriest group of basketball players I've ever been around because they would always, they'd always been in the, uh, you know, in the background to those five great seniors and they'd never, they, they never felt like they got their due as players. And then also I had a young sophomore who no one really knew about named Richard Hastings, who just turned out to be a, you know, one of the, one of the very best players still to this day that I've ever coached. You know, he's, he's right up there, you know, behind Marcus Smart. Uh, he's, he was that good. Um, so I had a young, skinny sophomore, 6'1 sophomore who could really play. And then I had some really hungry guys. And even though we moved up in classification, we wound up having a fantastic year. And, uh, we went all the way to regional finals and we lost to Shaquille O'Neal in the, in the regional final games. <laughs> Uh, his senior year, and of course, no shame in that. They they finished thirty six and zero and won the state championship. But uh, you know, I was I'll go back to fear. I was so afraid of failing because uh, I, I, I knew I would probably get one shot at a head coaching job at a young age, and I didn't want to go back to being an assistant. So that fear, the way it manifests itself in, in my coaching, was I, I was. Those, that first year at Liberty Hill, I was as good a disciplinarian as I've ever been in my career. Um, and again, it was because of fear. I was, I was scared to death to fail. And I was, I was truly afraid we weren't even going to get in the playoffs, you know, and they were going to run me out of town. <laughs> and, uh, we wound up, you know, going to regional finals. And I, and a lot of it goes back to that fear. I, uh, boy, I, I, I made the guys toe the line in every sense of the word. So it, 
you know, if I could impart any wisdom to young coaches through that first job, and you've got to be a great disciplinarian, but still have great relationships with the players. And, and I, I, I did feel like I did those two things well that first year. Yeah, so in regards to your discipline, you're talking about uh, as soon as the guy stepped on the floor, you were Coach Henderson, and you were going to make them walk that straight line, and it was going to be very organized, very disciplined, very rigid. But as soon as they stepped off the court, I guess they knew a difference, right? I mean, did they, yeah. they, they totally knew, okay, this is, this is Coach Henderson now, and then once we get out of these 94 feet, once we get out of here, it's going to be a different Coach Henderson. Did they kind of recognize that? Yes, I think so. Uh, even though, you know, I was 26 and I looked young too on top of that. So <laughs> I probably looked like I was about 21. I wasn't much older than those, those seniors I had. Right. Um, so that, that's an obstacle too in itself. And, you know, I, and I inherited some good kids, but even good kids are going to test you. And, and I was really fortunate. Chester and I went to the old McGregor clinic uh, a couple of years before I got the Liberty Hill job. We went to the old McGregor clinic, which used to be a great clinic in, in Dallas. Uh, anyway, that clinic, the first clinic I went to with Chester, uh, Hubie Brown spoke, Rick Patino was at Providence, he spoke, Pat Head Summit, and Bobby Knight. I mean, that was the coaching lineup of the speakers. Wow. And so, uh, and Jerry Tartanian was the other one. But anyway, uh, and I learned something from all of us, but something Hubie Brown said that really was kind of a springboard probably to my career is a simple statement. He said, uh, discipline, starts with being on time and he said if they're not if, if they're a second late to practice and he, he said and i quote he said run their ass <laughs> so you know i that just stuck in my head as an assistant coach you know discipline starts with being on time so what i did at liberty hill that first that i knew i was young i knew you know following a legend and rusty Stiegler and and uh, i knew kids were going to test me and they didn't know if i knew anything so I, what I did, and I, at every high school I coached at, and, I, and if I ever coached again, I'll do it again at the next high school. The first day of school, you know, is the day where you issue lockers and take care of paperwork. And I was, I wanted to be really organized with that. So the kids walked in and they thought, well, this guy's on top of it. He knows what he's doing. So we got everything done in one day. And then at the end of that first class period, that first day of school, I told them, I said, oh, we're starting basketball tomorrow. And you have to be on the court with your shoes tied, standing on the baseline when the party bell rings, knowing full well that there's no way in the world they would all be there. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, of the of the uh, of this all this high schools I've start I've started the program at, I haven't had a, a group yet that's been on time that first day. So I knew full well they were going to be late, and they were. And I had you know like seven or eight guys weren't standing on the baseline with their shoes tied when the party bell rang, and I just said, okay. I want you guys to understand that I, I say what I mean and I mean what I say. Get on the line. And we ran the entire class period. <laughs> and they had no doubt, despite my age, <laughs> they had no doubt who was in charge. And from that point on, and, you know, I, I, I just go back to being fortunate. You hit that clinic and hearing Hubie Brown say, this one starts to being on time. You know, and I did the same thing at Peaster, and I did the same thing at Marcus, and I did the same thing at Duncanville on that first day. Uh, I think it's critical that you've got to you've got to let them know there's going to be discipline and that you are in charge. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's that's something that uh, I think you know specifically young coaches would struggle with is that is that discipline, and that's just a great way 
and and you kind of get it out of the way as well, don't you? I mean that that first day of practice, you know, those guys that that just sets the tone for the rest of the, the preseason, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'm not big on motivational signs. Uh, like in, the, I I think in large part, I've been in a lot of gyms since I was a college coach. You know, going to so many practices. Um, I um, and um, uh, one of the things that I, one of the mistakes I see uh, high school coaches making are too many motivational signs. I, I don't think basketball coaches are nearly as bad about it as football, man. <laughs> Those guys, a lot of times they'll have you know forty five motivational signs up in the locker room. I, I I just wanted my guys to lock in on two or three things, and that's that's our mantra. You know, that's what we live by. And by the same token, in my coach's office, I I, I had five signs that I had up for years, and you know, those are kind of the, the 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 mantras that I live by. And one of them was, and uh, still to this day, I have it up in my office right now. It says, "Problems never go away without confrontation." And I, that that that's so true in coaching. You know, you're going to have problems. Players are going to be late, and, and, if, and they're not. That's not going to go away unless you confront it. And I wanted to confront it the first day and let them know. This is not acceptable, and it's not going to happen again. Um, yeah. So, and, anyway, yeah. And I, and I talk to coaches all the time, too, about that, the confrontation. You know, problems don't go away without confrontation. And, and confrontation is not always bad, and it's not always negative. You know, conf- no. confrontation is just addressing a problem head on. And that doesn't necessarily yep. have to be negative. And so I, I'm right there with you. And, and we've talked about that too. And, and with our coaching staff here and, and that, you know, that confrontation doesn't have to be negative all the time. And I, I think you've experienced that in, in different ways as well. Is that correct? Yeah. And uh, ironically, the confrontation you have with players, if you have a good relationship with those players, they may really dislike you for a while after, after you confront them. But it's ironic that how many times they'll come back after they graduate and sometimes years later. And those are the very points that they'll laugh about with you. And they, it's almost like a, a badge of, a badge of courage or a badge of a pride that, Hey, yeah, you know, coach did this to me, man. <laughs> I, and he was, he was right. You know, <laughs> I was being a class and, you know, he set me straight. You know, it's, it's, it's really like you said, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, and uh, boy, that's that's what it's all about in coaching is you want to win games now. That's our short-term goal, but our long-term goal, obviously, is to have better, make better husbands, make better fathers, make better workers uh, with our with our players and and doing those types of things. It's funny because now I'm I'm just about that age where guys are coming back and saying, "Remember when you said that?" And I'm like, "No, I, I have no idea I said that." And like I didn't yeah, say that really, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you said it," and everybody's like, "Yeah, you said it." We were right here; it was right now, you know. And, and it's it's kind of great. Those are the memories that they they remember. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, hey, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, moving from Liberty Hill to Peaster and that transition because I don't think it was met with a ton of fanfare from uh, your mentors. And so, if you want to just talk a little bit about that and what came into that decision for you. Well, yeah, it's a, a bad superintendent. <laughs> you know, uh, and that we all have to understand that your job security in Texas at, at the high school level or at any level is 
is only as good as the people you work for. And man, when I went to Liberty Hill, I had an incredibly supportive um, superintendent. It was a, a lady named uh, Louise Noble, and she just she just let me do my job and totally supported us. And, and I had a phenomenal principal, a guy named Dalton West. And but anyway, you know things changed. That I was there five years, and and Liberty Hill got a new superintendent, and he was going to change the culture. And um, that involved uh, uh, building up football, which was fine with me. I mean, we were in the playoffs in football three out of the five years I was there. So we had a good, decent football program. But he made it clear he was going to do it at the expense of basketball. And uh, he he was – I appreciate him being up front with me about it. But, you know, he came in and uh, he came in right before the uh, – my fifth year, like in late August. Uh, uh, and um, so I actually spent a year with him. And boy, I, I saw firsthand. He, he meant what he said. <laughs> and uh, I, I knew it was time to go. And I was tired of coaching football. I, co- I, was, I coached football at the varsity level at Liberty Hill. I was really tired of that. I wanted to focus just on basketball. And Peaster provided that opportunity. Now, a lot of people saw that as a step down. But I, you know, I, I thought Peaster was a place we could build, and uh, things worked out well, and it, it turned out to be a good move for me. Coaches, thank you again for tuning into the Pound the Rock podcast. Tune in next time for more great content regarding planning, developing, and coaching the game that we love. As always, I would like to thank our sponsors and HardwoodTexas.com, allowing us to get our basketball fixed 24/7, 365. Thank you again for listening, and make today a great day. <laughs>